Welcome to the Atlas Air Guns podcast. On this episode, we talk to David, a designer who uses additive manufacturing to produce aftermarket air gun accessories. From FX air guns to AEAs, Black Arts Design is providing unique solutions such as mirrors, barrel bands, stock magnets, and more. If you want to learn about Black Arts Design or additive manufacturing, this episode's for you. So the first question I have for you, we met at SHOT Show, obviously. How was that experience for you? And I guess the second question, kind of piggybacking on that, is you probably got some new ideas. What were the ideas you had there, and how was that experience overall? Yeah, so SHOT Show was immense. I don't know how to explain it. That's the first time I've ever been. I've wanted to go for many, many years. I guess the my, my description would be it was so overwhelming, it became underwhelming. So I know you talked about how it was like walking through a tunnel and all you can see is what's directly in front of you. And that's pretty much how it is. I think if I would have stayed for another day or two, I would have been able to take more in, but it's like all I could see was the forest um, instead of the trees. As far as ideas go, I I didn't I, I found some things I really liked, some very creative mechanisms for like pick rails, attachments, M locks. I'm not a huge fan of M locks just because I just like to put things on and I don't really move things around. So that was cool. Um, I never take other people's ideas and copy them. Um, I got some ideas for my future future ventures that you know we're planning on doing. Some places that could maybe help us out with some of the manufacturing that isn't in our in our ballpark. But yeah, it was, if I see another AR rebranded, I don't know. I don't think I could tolerate that, but. Yeah, there is a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of AR 15s there. I kind of got sick of seeing them. Same thing with the AK 47s. I don't know about you. Yeah, I, I love ARs. I'm a big fan of the platform, but how many ways can you do it? It's kind of one of those things that there's not much to change because it works. And I think the AK is the same way. I've never been. I've never gotten the opportunity to really shoot an uh, AK that was solid. I shot one and it was kind of a, a budget built one and it jammed every other round. So I know that's not typical of that platform, but that was my experience. And I just haven't had a chance to delve into that. And now, now it's air rifles, everything's air rifles. So um, the powder burners kind of sit idle right now because everything's focused on air rifles. So people really know you for your additive manufacturing solutions that you provide to a lot of air gun brands. Uh, one of the questions I had for you is what got you into air guns to begin with? Uh, so my friend Eric Fry, who lives in Tucson, I was living in San Diego at the time. Um, he was he was pretty heavily into air rifles. He kept telling me, you got to check them out. You got to check them out. I said, oh, yeah, it sounds pretty cool. But you know, just uh, two young kids and 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 work and uh, I never did. So one year, <laughs> he bought me a gauntlet, Umarex gauntlet, for Christmas, and I was like blown away. And so uh, I took it home, and you know, I had a hand pump and and uh, set it up, and it was just, it was amazing, like the power that that thing had. And how quiet it was, I could shoot it in my backyard. And I was like, this is really cool. Um, and that was, I don't know. If I had to put a date to it, I would just be guessing. Five years ago, I, I don't know. And then then I moved out to Tucson. And uh, that was 2019. And lived really close to Eric Fry. And, and uh, he had quite a few different air rifles. And so I really piqued my interest like the technology and the capabilities of these of these air rifles and he had a variety from you know a gauntlet to you know fx crown uh, brocox and quite a few different brands 
and it was just really interesting and so then he was showing me what he did to his gauntlet he did like custom paint job to it had some add-ons and one of the things he had was um a barrel band from hajimoto and it was 3d printed and i was like oh that's pretty cool and you know i've been 3d printing for a while and oh yeah it's definitely like you know on a on a powder burner a 3d printed part you could do it but really you want your you want your your firearms to be pretty durable in the sense of like if you throw it over a wall because someone's shooting at you um nothing's gonna break you pick it up and it still works so later on it was, it was a quite quite a while later he wanted me to make him something and i'm kind of segueing into how i got into 3d printing stuff for air rifles and uh he wanted me to make him some so i said sure i could i could do that it was for a wildcat with um with a custom shroud hug it shroud moderator and i said yeah i could i could do that so i started doing it and he said yeah i bought all these I bought some and they just don't work and he brought them out and showed them to me and he had a handful of parts and I said wow that's how much do you pay for that and he tells me and I said wow that's that's not very good and he said yeah they don't even fit you know and so well that's kind of not cool to buy something and doesn't fit so I looked around and saw that there was kind of a a shortage in quality parts at affordable prices and with 3d printing you can do things you can't do with metal without spending a lot of money so i started making parts and and that's kind of where it where it all started so you have products for aeas avengers fx's and umrex do you base these products on personal guns or will customers kind of send them in for you beginning in the beginning so we launched with uh the gauntlet uh apart for the gauntlet and streamline dreamline crown because those were the guns we had access to uh, they're not cheap so i started with with nothing like i didn't i don't have a bunch of money sitting around and i started a business so i worked with what i had those selections were also based on popularity and you know looking around forums and things what people were looking for uh, so we tried to try to pick things that people would want obviously we want to sell parts and that's how it started now we do go by what people ask us for but again there are limitations you know i can't just call up fx and be like hey send me a gun for free but we do get some support from the community I've had people offer me to send me their personal guns uh, to build parts off of. In fact, one guy, Dave Kennedy, has, has sent me a scope because I have some scope wheels that haven't come out yet that we're trying to get wrapped up. Send me a scope, you know, a nice, nice element optics uh, Titan scope. So that kind of giving attitude is great. And then Terry Fox from uh, Fox Air Power. He does send me some rifles to use and return back to him. And he even gave me an HP back way, way back in the beginning when I first started to build parts off. And that's where the bag closure came from. So I got to give Terry Fox credit for, you know, taking a chance on me and reaching into his own pocket to help us out to uh, build stuff. And Ben Yan at the pellet shop has been providing us some guns to use, the Zeus barrel band was off a gun that uh that he sent me yeah so sometimes it's our own personal guns what we have we're trying to get to a point where we can look at what people are asking for and provide that to them but there there is a there is a budget that we have to stick within and that can be challenging especially like the fx impact it's a it's a big expenditure to get one of those guns in hand and the process of Designing a part takes time, so I, I try not to borrow people's guns because sometimes I get started on something and something else comes up that has to take priority, and so that product development will sit because there's there's a variety of things that I have to do. It's not just sitting down for 20 minutes on CAD. It's 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 a labor of love, and it takes a it takes a lot to put out just one barrel band. So yeah, we, 
we would love to be able to call FX or AEA or Brocock or Daystate and say, can you send us a gun and, you know, not pay, pay for it. But at that level, 2000 bucks is a lot of money to shell out in order to build a part for. I got to sell a lot of barrel bands just to break even on that. And I do have to make money. I mean, that's, I love what I'm doing. This is the best job I've ever had, but I do, I do have to, to get a profit going because I have a wife who demands it me bring some money in. One of the questions I had for you, and you mentioned this kind of the beginning, is that when you were looking at products before you got into this business, you saw a little bit inconsistency uh, with specifically the products. But on the flip side, I'm sure there's tolerance inconsistencies with air guns that you're actually looking at, and those are outside of your control. How often is it that you come across these inconsistencies on the air guns themselves? I've only had one part that I could not build because of factory tolerances. And this isn't a this isn't a slam on them because this particular piece that I was using for my part to connect to isn't critical in any way. It's an outer dimension, but I built a I, I designed a barrel band for the gauntlet and I actually really liked this design. It was one of my favorite favorite ones because of how well it fit. But that part, that part from Umrex changed. So when I went into beta testing, um, I found some people like it doesn't fit my gun, and you know I get them to, to get a set of calipers and check it. And yeah, the tolerance is varied so much. I mean, is is plus or minus a lot. Do you see yourself ever making any kind of products for AR platforms or anything of that kind? I, I don't, especially after going to SHOT Show, I, I feel like, like I'm, I'm a one man show. I say we a lot cause I have a lot of help from, from various people in the community, including my friend, Eric Fry. He helps me immensely, but it seems like the firearm world is an arena that is very saturated and to break into it. Even if you even if you develop something revolutionary, without having the money to market it and push your way into that industry, you know that that bubble is is really big, and to get into the depth of that bubble, you got to push hard, and it's not that's just not a place I want to go. And I I really I really am entrenched in the air rifle community in the sense that. It is such a wonderful place to exist. I mean, the attitudes that people have, the giving nature that people have, I haven't found this anywhere else. People are friendly, they're supportive, they're excited. Yeah, I, I'm not a social media guy. Like, I didn't really do Facebook. I tried it a couple times until I started this business and I found, wow, you know, I can, I can go, use social media for entertainment and for business, because I have a lot of fun in the in the in the groups too. There's just amazing people doing funny things, intelligent things, informative things. So what I found is just hang out in the groups, and then I don't have to deal with people arguing about whose politician is better and and what political view is is moral and correct. And I can just I can just venture into the air gun world and yeah this community is is very different from the firearm world going off on a tangent a little bit armac was the first event that i went to as black arts design and the camaraderie and the support from the competitors and the vendors that were present was just overwhelming i mean guys handing handing each other magazines helping each other with bottle fills um fixing rifles in fact i was watching a guy shooting in um the prs and he was on his last target and he ran out of rounds he didn't have any any more magazines and within seconds there had to be three or four people handing him magazines loaded. I think he was shooting Impact. 
and just all these arms came out here keep going you got time you got time and these were guys who just shot so they could have sat back and said yeah you know you're not gonna you're not gonna beat me out but they didn't they didn't there was there was uh someone from the ua team i don't remember who it was but he was offering his personal gun because somebody else's gun um wasn't functioning right so that level of support among competitors was was pretty cool to see and it really like cemented my desire to to work in this industry in this community so a fun question for you what design changes should the air gun world adopt if you were at least let's say a the world emperor and you could make a a dictate to change some design on air guns which design would it be i you know i don't think there's one particular design or change that would be worthy of mandating it the variety and the ingenuity that comes from all the different manufacturers all the different uh vendors all the different individual shooters that come up with these these really smart ideas to try out that's what i want that's what i want to see the one thing that i like it would want to focus on is lightweight so i think weight savings is something that there's room for bring into the industry and it's coming i mean there are some some light lightweight air rifles coming out but i think there's some things that could be done to really lighten them up without impacting performance Okay, so Emperor David would say that everyone has to have a Edgun Leshy. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, if if Emperor David was capable, it'd be like everybody has to have one of my barrel bands on their gun. <laughs> 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 you know, just from a selfish standpoint. But no, I I I I think that that there is a lot of great things happening. You know, the push with slugs is pretty amazing. People are doing some very very long shots accurately and consistently it's just it's just fun to see the innovation you got guys like me that can come in and 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 come up with a few ideas and put them in put them to paper and get out there and change things for people you know give them something they want so i want to see more of that and you made it to ebr this year as well right i did yeah yeah ebr was close it was just up the freeway so uh, we made the drive every day and, and showed up there, yeah. So I think it's a good time to go over your products. Let's uh, kind of go through these really quickly. Uh, the first one I saw was the AEA HP Series Folding Buttstock Magnet. You actually sent that to me. Can you tell the listeners what that solution is? Yeah, it's simple. It's a, it's a 3D printed clamp design that has two neodymium magnets embedded in it and it allows the the buttstock to fold and then hold in the folded position so when terry sent me that gun the hpss i was playing around with it my dog of course she likes to to embed her nose in everything new and i had it closed and was looking it over and it flopped open and smacked her in the head and so i said that's not that's not good and so it just came to mind, you know, how do we, everybody uses magnets. I mean, the Donnie Saber Tactical has a magnetic system that when you close that against the side, it holds it shut. So that's not a new idea. Um, I believe the Edgun Lake uh, Leshy has that as well. It's not a new concept. So I just figured out how can I apply that here. And I came up with, with uh, what we have, which is the AEA HPSS Folding Buttstock Magnetic Closure. I'm not very good with names, so I just name them what they are. And it works, it works brilliantly. It's very simple, minimalistic design, which is what I try to do. I think it blends into the rifle pretty well. It's almost not noticeable. But yeah, we really like that product. It's very simple. And you have a few different barrel bands. I'll just reference them. You have an AEA Zeus barrel band. You have a FX Crown barrel band. You have a FX Dreamline barrel band and a an Avenger barrel band system. Can you tell us specifically what the Avenger barrel band system is? Because that's a little different than just a single barrel band. 
Yeah, so the Avenger was a gun that, that we had for a while. And I looked at making a barrel band for it, you know, early on. And, you know, just looking at the way the gun was set up. And I just, I, I, I said, it needs more than that. So it kind of sat in my head, you know, spinning around. Like, what can we do? Because just putting a barrel band with a factory barrel band on it isn't really going to solve the inherent problems that are there. So the factory barrel band connects a lot of things together. The plastic fore end on the plastic version connects to the barrel band and to the lower air tube and to the upper air tube and then to the barrel. So just putting a barrel band on it continues that kind of energy feedback from a very flexible stock. It is really light though, so there's something cool about that stock. It isn't very stiff, but it's it's really light. But that feedback, it's like a feedback loop. So if you put a bipod on it, for example, you put pressure on it, as that pressure changes, that feedback goes up to the barrel and changes. If you want to sling your rifle, which a lot of people do because the Avenger is so light, it's great to carry around the woods, and you use a sling, that pressure you put on it is pulling down on the stock, which in turn is pulling down on the barrel. So at some point along the lines, I, I, I said, how do we solve that problem? And I you know, took the plastic stock off and looked at it and said, why don't I just... Eliminate the factory barrel band because it is a source of issue. And I, I built a little four-end bracket, I call it. Again, I'm not very good with names, so I call it what it is. That connects the lower air tube to the plastic stock. And then the barrel band is connected to the upper air tube and the barrel. So the two pieces are a system and what they do is basically divorce the plastic stock from the barrel. And we use the, the same plunger system design on it, which is, has worked pretty well. No grub screws, simple to install. So it, it's, it, people really seem to like it. It's selling very well. We're getting a lot of positive feedback with it that the POI changes that people were experiencing before and after uh, are reduced drastically. So I'm not going to say that if you put this on the gun, you're going to go, you know, shoot 100-yard sub-half-inch groups uh, with an Avenger, but it does eliminate some of those inherent issues with the POI changes that are present in that platform. And I saw that you have the Dreamline side view, the Streamline side view, and the Wildcat side view. You actually sent this part to me to check out, and it was a really cool little mirror. Can you explain for the audience why you developed that and what the solution actually is? Yeah, so like like a lot of people, you know, I I I spent time in with firearms, and I'm no expert at all, but I you know I I learned the the safety rules. Um, muzzle always in a safe direction, finger off the trigger. And what I found with a lot of the air rifles is they put the pressure gauge at the front of the air tube, right by the muzzle. So in order to read that gauge, you have to manipulate the rifle. So you don't have to point at your face, but to look directly down on it, like in a low light situation or something, you have to kind of angle it towards you or you're moving that rifle towards somebody else so you can see it. So it's no longer pointed down range, for example, if you're at a range. And that to me was very strange. Every time I had to read a gauge when I started using these air rifles, um, I felt like I was violating uh, some you know, golden rule, and I was. So I was thinking, like, how do you, how do you solve that? And I just thought of the dentist. He looks in your mouth with these little dental mirrors and somehow can see you know all the backs of your teeth and so i how do i put a mirror on there and i just kind of messed around with it and we came up with that that solution it's very easy a simple solution it slips on over the dust cover of the those fx rifles with the um, pressure gauge at the front and it doesn't interfere with anything it doesn't touch the barrel 
it's made of a TPU material and it's really thin walled so you can slip it on without that. Your dust cover still functions and works. And it's uh, a living hinge design so the mirror itself you can open with one finger with just your thumb. It even works with a gloved hand and it's got a small magnet in there so when you release it that living hinge will, will bring it closed and the magnet will keep it closed. The other thing that is really nice about that is you don't have to break your shooting position so I pest I pest up my property and I shoot from my garage so it's pretty nice um, stay out of the weather but my garage is pretty tight you know I park park cars in there and do everything else in there as well so sometimes I'm set up next to the wife's car and I can't get to the front of my rifle without walking around it so with that I can check my air pressure just by leaning myself to the side. I don't have to break it from the tripod and I can look at it. And people can use that too if you're in barns or in tight spaces or you're in a blind. You can check your reg pressure without having to, or your bottle pressure, without having to completely break your position. So it's really useful. It's a really useful piece. Um, and it's very simple. Again, it's we try to solve problems and we try to do it in smart ways. Yeah, I really like your products, by the way, when I was able to check out each one, they're just all really well made and simple, but a lot of them are very ingenious in how they're built. I like that little dust cap protector that you have for the gauge, the Avenger gauge. I've slipped it on my Talon P gauge and it it's protected it ever since. Uh, one of the last products I wanted to cover that you have an offering for, and you mentioned this at SHOT Show, was the Umrex Gauntlet Cheek Riser Adjustment Assembly, and you had mentioned at shot show that it drastically reduces the weight and you also said that you've never really sold the amount that you've assumed that you're going to sell but i wanted to reference it here because when you mentioned it at shot show it was very curious how much weight reduction you were able to actually achieve yeah it, yeah the the gauntlet is it, i love that gun i really do it's still it's still one of my favorite guns maybe because it was my first i don't know it's like you know first girlfriend but I really like that gun. It shoots really well. I got really good consistency with mine. I didn't do a lot to it. You know, I did a couple of Haji like DIY, changed the spring in the in the trigger and uh, to make it like, you know, two stage-ish, put a short shroud on it. and uh, But that's about it. But I really like that rifle. But one of the things that I don't like about it is it's crazy heavy. So looking at the rifle, I noticed that the wheel that you adjust the cheek riser with was made of, I don't know, some kind of steel, lead or something. It's super heavy and then there's a mechanism inside which is also, it's aluminum but it's really beefy like, I don't know, the parts out of a transmission or something. But they're really, really heavy so I just looked at the pieces and say I could reproduce these uh, 3D printed and, and really lighten it up. So all said and done, it's a, it's a weight savings of a third of a pound just under a third of a pound by removing the stock pieces they're that heavy um, and replacing them with these and it still functions the same the material we use the CF Petchy blends really nicely into the stock so it's a good looking piece but yeah it saves a third of a pound which also changes the balance point of the rifle so the gauntlet 2 they lightened that whole rear assembly up because it was, it's not hard to do. So the Gauntlet 2 already has a, a lighter feature in there. So yeah, that's one of, this is one of the first pieces I made, really, because it was the first gun I had, probably. So going back to SHOT Show, I wanted to ask you, did you employ any kind of navigational strategy when you were actually covering the floor? <laughs> I did. I did. I had like places picked out that I wanted to, to check out. Obviously the big ones, the Air Venturi, Air Force, Ride on Optics, because Ride on Optics is a, a company I've known for a while, and they're local to Tucson, and I really like their products, so I stopped by there. I, I mapped out, you know, um, Umrex, I wanted to stop by there. There was a lot of places I couldn't find. I couldn't find Crow, and I wanted to. But I didn't, I, I gotta say, I didn't really have a strategy. I was kind of like... Uh, a new kid at school, like without his schedule, just kind of wandered around. And, you know, that's why it was nice to hook up with you because you had some places you wanted to hit. 
and my friend Pete as well was there and, and hung out with him and he had, he had a strategy cause he was looking for things for his, uh, his law enforcement agency. So I got to tool around with you two a little bit. I, I, I really enjoy, there was a, a spot that you and I lost each other at that was, I can't remember what it was called, but it was only there for two days. And it was a lot of little tiny booths, uh, little shops, so not the big guys like Mossberg and, and stuff like that. And I wish I would have spent more time there because a lot of innovation was in that in that area. There were kind of guys like like you see in the air gun community who are just, you know, come up with an idea and are trying to uh, put it out there. Um, I saw some really innovative stuff there and I came across a couple people that definitely made note of for my future phase two, I call it, where I'll need to elicit some, some help from people who are specialists in certain areas. Yeah, a lot of the people in there were... I think ha they had it easier in because you didn't have to probably pay as much as a vendor to actually participate. So I'm sure that entry was a little easier than being in the main, the main section. Yeah, yeah. I almost wish I stayed another day. I just, I, I just couldn't, I just couldn't do to family schedule and 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 work. You know, I, I work a lot. So two days, two and a half days away from my workspace does impact me a lot in trying to keep up with everything. So, yeah, I was there for one day and two nights. I had to stay the extra night just to get some sleep because I was so tired. I walked about 18 miles, but I really missed my kids. So that's the, the reason I left. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I got, I, I, as I'm at these events, whether it's RMAC or EBR or shot show, in the back of my head, it's our, It's always like, I have so much to do. I have so much to do. Because I really am pushing to get products out. And it takes it takes a lot. You know, I get a lot of emails of people wanting to make one-off stuff. Like, can you make this for my rifle? And, oh, we don't, you know, I don't have that rifle. They send me dimensions. And it's, for me to make money off of making a part like that and build it to the standards that I require... I would charge them an exorbitant amount. I mean, it wouldn't be fair. So there's a lot of CAD work time that goes into it. I mean, hours, days of CAD work because I scrutinize. I scrutinize every line, every curve, every surface. And not just for fit. And probably going off a tangent, stop me if you want to, but... One of the things that I've always held to is form, fit, function. And those three things can't always meet at the origin. You know, they have to be skewed. And it, But I won't sacrifice one. Like, I can make something look really cool, but it doesn't work right. Well, that's no good. I can make something work really well, but it looks like a blob of bleep on your $2,000 FX rifle. That's no good. So when I do design a product, it's, I'm happy if I get the design worked out in three days, like from sitting down with the dimensions and drawing it in CAD and printing the first one, checking the fitment, looking at the print quality. If I can get to a final part in three days, I impress myself. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not an engineer. I'm not uh, a CAD jockey. I never did this for a living. Um, nobody ever paid me to go to school to learn how to do this stuff. I taught all of this. I taught myself. But yeah, it's... So when people ask for a one-off part and sometimes they they don't like my answer that, you know, it's not, I can't just, you know, build it and, and sell it to you for a price that's reasonable. If I do that, then I'm losing, I'm losing money. I'm giving away my labor for free. They say, well, it's just a 3D printed part. Why can't you just make one? 
it's not magic, you know. A 3D printer is the same as a CNC machine. You have to tell it what to do. And telling it what to do is the hardest part. Like, you got to tell it where to put holes and where to put surfaces. And um, you have to design it around the 3D printer just like you do machining. You know, you can't have a, a perfectly 90-degree inner corner on a CNC machine because the bit is round. So you have to design around those things. And you have to do the same thing with a 3D printer. You have to design around them. and It takes a long time. And, and that form, fit, and function, that origin moves. But I don't want to sacrifice one or the other. So, you know, a lot of the 3D printed parts that I came across when I first came out, they, they, they look like they're good prints and they look like they worked. But they didn't have any form to them, really. You know, and that's what I tried to bring different not only something that was had some ingenuity built into it but also would look good you know it had it had curves and lines that matched and and gave it kind of an aesthetic appeal it's like a corvette you know you could have a car that performed like a corvette but it looked like you know a 68 volkswagen beetle probably not going to sell a lot of them uh, compared to the corvette that looks like it does with the lines the lines drawn out the way it is you know people want something that performs and they want something that looks good and i try to deliver that to the best of my ability one of the things i wanted to ask you is it ever awkward talking to a manufacturer and telling them what you do i you know i don't think so i don't think so and i don't i don't think they're offended by people building things to improve products in fact i think they like it Anytime in manufacturing, you have limitations, especially with these big businesses. They're, the engineers and the design teams are given a budget. You know, this is, this is where this rifle has to be made within this amount because this is our retail and we can't go above that. And so there are areas where you have to say, I can't do that because it's going to price things out, like the Avenger Bullpup. People wanted a bullpup, and they wanted the bullpup to be in that affordable price range. And so Air Venturi responded, and they put together a bullpup. It doesn't have the cocking mechanism forward like on the higher-end bullpups, but it has a lot of the features that people look for. So when, when somebody like me or... Donnie FL or Sabre Tactical come up with something to improve on that factory rifle. I don't, I don't think they're offended by it, but it helps them sell guns. You hit the nail on the head. The reason I ask is because at SHOT Show, most of the manufacturers, at least the people I think that were actually at the manufacturing level, really appreciated you. And I saw that they were really excited that you're making solutions for some of their products but at one vendor and i won't name the name uh, i saw their face kind of get awkward when you said that you were looking over their design to see what you could uh bring to the table and it got it was like the snippet of funny that i just saw for a half a second and i guess really the implication for that person was that product wasn't made to the tier that it should have been yeah maybe i just delivered it wrong Sometimes I try to be careful with my words, but sometimes my head is focused on one spot and I just say, I just say the bait. Maybe it was my delivery. You have to tell me later who it was because I don't remember. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> it was really tell it, me because was, I, I never want to oh, offend anybody. And You and, didn't offend them at all, but it was this <laughs> snippet of, it was, it was pretty funny for me because I was outside the whole thing and their face for a split second because they were kind of being prideful about it. And you just said like, hey, I'm coming in to, to check what I can, you know, improve upon. And their oh face, gosh. their face was like for a split second, like what? But uh, moving on. That's not what I, that's never what I would intend to do. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was it just, terrible. you know, one of those, one of those human interactions. But the, one of the questions I had for you is, what's the number one question that you get? Can you, can you make, make a barrel band for this i mean barrel bands is that's my number one question when's your impact barrel band coming can you make one for the dreamline dream pup can you make one for the benjamin 
Aquila, can you make one for the Benjamin Marauder? Do you have a barrel band for, for this? I mean, it's, it's really a, a high demand product and I, and it's not my favorite thing to make cause they are, they're very simple, but getting them right takes patience and time. But that's my number one question. Can you, can you make me one of these? Do you have one of these? The Akela has a lot of point of impact changes that I've I've seen, at least that people tell me about. So I could definitely, yeah. I'll definitely explore that. The Caden has a really nice metal barrel band in the front, so it's really fixed and tightened down. And for some people, they have zero issues with the Akela, but I've had about ten friends have issues. I know it's a it's at least systemic at at some level. Yeah, and it's it's. That's where like that's my the, my challenging part is I I really want to give people what they need like but there's only so much time in the day and it goes it, and it hits me in that budget too like I don't have one and I can't just call somebody up and say hey send me a rifle to use um, I'm and I'm not an asker I I feel weird asking people to give. I guess it's 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 probably a, a, a thorn in my side. My wife tells me why why are you afraid to ask and I don't know. I just, you know, I like to do things on my own as much as I can. But yeah, that's if I could if I could give people what they want. I mean, I feel bad when someone wants something and they want me to do a one-off. I really want to do it for them or they're like I got I have a I have a FX Wildcat but I put a different shroud on it. You know, can you make can you make a barrel band for it? And it's like, oh, I could tweak it, but that tweaking the original design is it takes a lot of time. Again, like you know, if you go to an engineering firm and you're like, I want you to make me a CAD model of this, they're gonna charge you a lot of money because CAD programs aren't cheap, and the skill set to use them takes a lot of time or schooling. So it's hard for me to say no because I really like to like give people stuff and make them happy, you know, but I just, there's, it's just not fair to them or it's not fair to me. One of the things I wanted to ask is obviously you're doing a lot of barrel bands, but I'm sure in some way as a design kind of person, you want to expand your horizons and go off to maybe some more challenging stuff. And I'm not saying the barrel bands are not challenging, but let's say from a design perspective, a solution that you find really intricate and complex, stuff like that, that challenges you. Is it hard sometimes not diving into that because the consumer demand is specifically for barrel bands? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, it, I, I, I do this, this business because it's fun for me. I, I left my old career, which was, um, I was an investigator as a field investigator. I left that career because it wasn't, it wasn't as gratifying and I wanted to build. I love building. I love designing. I love thinking about how to improve something or invent something and the whole process I really love but in the end I have to it's I have to make money on it so when people when I get emails constantly of a barrel band for this rifle I kind of have to go down that road in order to increase my sales and my product line I can't just build what I want you know if, if I won the lottery tomorrow, I would. I would just build what I want regardless of what it costs to do it and whether I made money or not. I just build cool stuff that I thought was cool. So, yeah, um, I have plans. 3D printing is not the end game. Definitely not the end game. So there are going to be changes being made, and I'm a little bit behind. I'm a lot behind in that schedule. Um, due to personal matters that that occurred last year, but they're coming and they're 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 going to be very different than anything being done currently. So I'm excited about that. Um, but the 3D printing is there's a there's a, a demand for these types of parts, and so I'm doing my best to give people what they want and um, make cool stuff that's different. 
you know, I'm always trying to up my game. I challenge myself. I'm, I don't look to other people to challenge me. And I don't know if you've seen it, but we got some Gen 2 barrel bands coming for the FX line. And a couple new products that are based off of that same, uh, those same changes. So trying to improve what we've already, already got. Because there's always room for improvement and there's no such thing as good enough. We're pushing. So for what you do additive manufacturing or the layman's term 3D printing, what's the most misunderstood thing that you come across that people ask you? <laughs> uh, why does it take you so long? Why can't you just 3D print it? It's a 3D printed part. That really is the most misunderstood thing is that 3D printing somehow is easier than the other manufacturing processes. And in some ways it is because you can do it like in your home. You don't need, you don't need a really crazy expensive machine to 3D print. But the, the, the building of those products is time consuming. And it takes, it takes a lot of things that aren't seen in that part when you look at it, just like just like a machine part, you know, a lot went into getting that machine to cut that aluminum or steel that way. Um, the end product is, it's, it, it hides all of that stuff, the challenges and the difficulties. Um, so as a design person, I wanted to ask you what air gun companies do you really respect just from a design perspective hmm that's hard there's so many fx of course i i i am i am partial to fx right now i really like the modularity of their of their guns how they function they shoot really well from a design perspective day state always catches my interest i just haven't had a chance to really mess with them you know play around with them or shoot them but i like day state and and brocock uh, is another gun that's always fascinating me they've been around a long time again i haven't had a chance to to venture into those too much um and aea is is an interesting has some interesting designs because i they they use a lot they reuse a lot of parts and they make certain changes to a gun to really change it based off of those those basic components so the modularity there too is uh is intriguing and man they make guns fast they got so many different guns in such a short amount of time i can't keep up like with what people want for them so i'm trying and i guess one of the last questions i have for you is what's your favorite air gun youtube channels that you specifically follow mm. shooter 1721 i love his stuff because it's it's fun in his reviews his reviews are done in a way that are easy to follow easy to understand so he he boils it down to language that that I can I can be working and I can listen to at the same time and I can I can follow him for the most part. Um, there's some guys out there that do really complicated reviews, which are awesome. They're great. Uh, it's just hard hard for me to find the time to sit down and watch them. I like uh, I like 68 whiskey a lot, and part of the reason is because they're out doing real world stuff. You know, they do a lot of hunting and their whole shooting methodology is based on that. So targets and, and tiny, tiny groups are part of their, you know, part of what they're looking for. But they usually are using flying organisms to show that. And I like how they play off each other so much. They, they really seem like uh, good friends and brothers. And I like that camaraderie. Chris Turek, I really enjoy uh, because of his technical technical skill set. He's very good at, at showing people why something happens and explaining why it happens. Uh, some pretty complex stuff when it comes to harmonics and uh, BC and 
speed and how those things all play together. So I really enjoy that. Who else do I like to follow? There's lots of people. Matt Dubber, I like his stuff too, just partly because the scenery that he shoots in and his cinematography is really, really cool. I just don't have a lot of time to to watch um, all the guys that I really like. Um, I know I'm missing some people here. Yeah, sadly, I, I, when, I you're, watch, when you're yeah. producing stuff, like let's say an audio podcast or a product like you are it ends up being that you you actually participate less in air guns which is always kind of a paradox correct correct it is and i, and I do I, I do uh keep up on the videos that come out from don efl um izzy does a great job uh breaking down some of the um aspects of their products and talking about how they work and uh I really appreciate that. He does it in a way that's uh, easy to understand, easy to follow. Um, There's so many guys out there doing cool stuff, you know. It, and like you said, I, I'm so embedded in what I do that I don't get a lot of time to shoot. I mean, it's like go out, go out, set up, uh, test a product out to make sure it's working. Go back, tweak it until I get it right. And that's it's kind of the extent of my shooting. And then. I get the occasional like, okay, there's a rat in the van again. I got to get him. So I'll set up for, you know, a night shoot and and try to take out some of the pack rats. But yeah, it is. Like when you're embedded in, in a community, it becomes your job. You don't get to enjoy it the same. It's a different type of enjoyment. Hopefully things go really well for, for Black Arts Design. And at some point I can slow down and, and enjoy what I, what I do. Um, in shooting so do you get a lot of questions about harmonics because i know you just referenced let's say chris turek and you mentioned harmonics and obviously with all the barrel bands i'm sure that you are asked those questions a lot and obviously every single gun does something a little differently and harmonics are never the same between two guns so i wanted to give you a chance to talk about harmonics at least from your perspective yeah, harmonics. Yeah, I get that question a lot. You know, and and it's it's a simple question usually. Is uh, doesn't putting a barrel band uh, disturb the harmonics uh, or mess with the harmonics? And the short answer is yeah, it does. Um, everything in the gun that you do to it, pretty much, has some effect on harmonics. Uh, changing the shroud, uh, changing your sleeve liner. Um, putting a moderator on, um, a harmonic tuner. They're all, they're all affecting harmonics, and but you can tune to those. So I'm not I'm no expert in harmonics. Uh, there are people that really understand it. Chris Turk's one of those guys that he seems to, he seems to have a very good understanding of of how it works and how to influence it in the right way. And I think the harmonic tuners like Tim Swans uh, and the FX harmonic tuner, and I believe Robert Hales is coming out with a very different design which incorporates a tuner and a moderator. These are all gonna open up a different understanding of it. But yes, a barrel band will affect harmonics, just like a moderator will. And I can't design a barrel band for particular guns harmonics because every single gun is different every tune is going to affect the harmonic signatures so putting a barrel band on will impact harmonics but you can work with that right so if you have drastic poi shifts and you can't tune that out a barrel band is a solution. If you're a guy who is rough on their stuff, a barrel band can be the solution to knocking the barrel out of position. Because these guns are very sensitive in the sense that they're precision. They're 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 not they're not built for a battlefield, for example. They're they're built to go out and shoot accurately. Um, that's priority one especially with the high-end stuff. Everybody's looking for some accuracy. So, 
Yeah, I get that question a lot, and and you know, I wish I could, I wish I could dive into it more to understand it because I think there's a lot with harmonics to unpack, and there's a lot of misunderstandings about it. But I think that's getting sorted out. I mean, Tim Swan has a harmonic tuner, and he uses our barrel band along with his harmonic tuner, and he's shooting some very tight groups. So I think the the idea is. You put the barrel band on, um, you see what you end up with, and you try to adjust for any changes. Sometimes it's better, it just and sometimes you place it on different locations on the barrel, especially like the Avenger. You get a lot of people playing with that and really tuning it in. And one thing I wanted to ask, and this is a little a little different question that I've asked other people, and the question I have for you is, do you think it's a worthwhile process for accessory producers such as yourself designers to make accessories for lower end guns because i see a lot of people have a hesitancy to make a product for a lower end gun because they believe the consumer will not pay the money for that lower end gun because it's a lower end gun why should they invest another hundred dollars for an accessory what's your take on that i i try not to make assumptions about what people will do and i try to look and see what do they do if that makes sense. So like the gauntlet, you know, there have been people that say, well, people don't, people don't do anything to the gauntlet. They just buy it and shoot it. But if you look around the groups and you look around the forums, people are doing all kinds of stuff to the gauntlet. I mean, Hajimoto, for example, has, has, has a vast, vast array of products and, and advice, free advice on what to do to get that gauntlet to shoot better. So I, I, I wouldn't say that there, there's, there's no reason to look at low budget guns and I don't want to say low budget, but you know, the lower price guns, there's no reason not to build things for them, but you have to kind of make sure that there's a market for it, which is challenging sometimes. And I'm, I'm no expert, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm new to this game and I do the best that I can. And, uh, that's kind of the beauty of it is I get to relish in my successes and suffer through my, my failures and own both of them. So they're mine and that's fun. But yeah, I, I look and see what do people need? What do they want? And I try to find a solution for it. So it's fun for me and it benefits them. And if I can, if I can, uh, have an income, uh, off of that, I'm, I'm happy, man. Very happy. Well, I think it's time to close. Let's do some social plugs and some plugs for your website. Could you tell the audience where to find you and what you're doing next? Yeah. Website is blackartsdesign.com. Facebook is blackartsdesign and Instagram is blackartsdesign. The next things that I'm, I'm doing is uh, right now it's barrel bands focus on barrel bands we got the fx line coming out maverick impact upgrade to wildcat upgrade to crown uh aea standards challenger standard i got the 50 that when we get off here i'm going to print the final part that i think will be the right one and then i start on the 35. are you ever going to uh include any different colors other than the the black possibly uh the reason that i use black is because um the material that i work with it's a carbon filled petchy um, i went through lots of different brands to come up with one that gave me the properties that i like uh, not just from aesthetic standpoint but from a mechanical standpoint and that's why i don't do colors most of my stuff most of my stuff that I build um, needs needs that high modulus. Uh, but yeah, colors are, I could do colors, you know, but I don't, I don't have a lot of people asking me for it, so. Right, I wasn't, uh, yeah. I wasn't thinking that people are asking too much, but it was interesting talking to a few product developers and talking to them about some of the aesthetic things that people pick, and a lot of times they pick very gaudy colors. Yeah, yeah, like um, 
<clears throat> Orion the Iguana Hunter, he's doing those magazines which seem to be working really well. People are really happy with him. He's got a variety of colors. And I see people posting pictures up with those colors. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's a demand for it. I just haven't gotten it. If I did, I definitely would consider it. Yeah, I like the I like the green magazine that Orion has developed. It's really cool. I just don't have a gun for it. But um, anyway, David, it was a real pleasure having you on, and you're always welcome back on. And hopefully, we can do an update sometime in the future. Thank you so much. It was it was a humbling experience for me to be asked to to do this. So, yeah, very enjoyable. All right, well, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Atlas Airguns podcast. Make sure to like with a five-star rating, share, and subscribe. Have a question? Email atlasairguns at gmail.com.